Let's talk some Sunday night football, guys. We got a good game here to open it up with Tampa Bay and Dallas. But before we get into everything, if you guys are a first-time viewer, welcome to my channel. My name is DK. I do cover content for DraftKings and for Price Picks. If you guys are looking for more in-depth content, you can check out my Patreon linked down below. A lot of different packages I offer uh, for more in-depth content for DFS. Also have some Price Picks plays as well. But let's uh, recap Thursday's showdown for myself. So Thursday showdown. I uh, did not get into the cash. This was my single entry lineup. I also threw a couple darts in the Millimaker uh, with Isaiah McKenzie captain lineup and then a 2-2 Atwell captain lineup. Obviously, the 2-2 lineup did not do well. McKenzie lineup did not cash either. So, took the L on Thursday, but I'm looking to bounce back here for Sunday. So, this is my lineup. Josh Allen, Cooper Cup, Stafford, Gay, McKenzie, and 2-2 Atwell. So, my thought process here with the Rams, number three wide receiver. I talked about this pretty in-depth, was I thought Ben Skronik was the much safer play. I thought he was going to have a lot more opportunities. But I thought that the ceiling was higher in 2-2, so I was willing to take the risk. Now, it was looking like a somewhat even split early on, and then 2-2 dropped such an easy pass. And I was just like, you know what, that's it. He's going to get benched the rest of the game. And sure enough, he got benched the rest of the game. You saw Skronik out there like the rest of the game. So... That basically ended my night early with the early 2-2 a drop. But, um, hey, what can you do? Again, McKenzie was the chalk value. He got a touchdown. Stafford was very disappointing. The, the Rams offense did not look great. I'm not super worried about it. But, yeah, he did not do well. But, um, yeah, that was a look back for myself. This was high stakes. I was taking a look at some high stakes lineups. This is the Thunderdome. I think it's a $5,300 entry. You can take a look at some ownership here. But uh, the winning lineup was actually had 2-2 in it. Uh, who did not uh, score a point. But yeah, winning lineup with Josh Allen, captain with Cooper Cup, Diggs, who caught a long one there at the end, Gabe Davis, McKenzie, uh, and then Tutu. So that's a look back uh, there. Again, hopefully you guys are able to cash. Let's talk about some Sunday Night Football. So first, let's take a look at these Vegas odds. Uh, we have a 51 over under, and the Bucks are currently two and a half point favorites. So we'll go team by team. Uh, I'll give my thoughts. I'll give, I, have some, I have some takes here, especially with Tampa Bay. As far as overall, I guess, again, maybe this is a hot take since you guys know I'm such a hot take, bro. I think the Bucs are going to be bad this year. I do not have a lot of faith in the Bucs. I think they take a big step back. Their O-line's not going to be great. I think Leonard Fournette is fish food this year. Um, so, yeah, I'm not, I'm not a, Buc, a Bucs believer this year, but just throwing that out there. So, we'll start off with the Bucs. There's a couple, obviously, big pieces of news to keep on here with Godwin and Gage. Godwin is full participant. He's listed as questionable. Um, Bull said they treat Godwin as a game time decision. Um, so again, big, big, uh, big news he behind there. And then Russell Gage also a bit banged up, was limited in practice and is questionable. I would say Gage is a better chance to play than Godwin. But like I said, uh, this is pretty big news. Could open up some value if both those guys are in fact out. So looking at the top, we have Mike Evans at 10 6. Uh, I mean, Evans is, he had a good year last year, but he is getting up there in age, right? So. You're probably going to start to see the decline from Mike Evans somewhat soon here, but uh, still, you know, they're the number one wide receiver. Again, Godwin, we don't know for sure if he's going to play yet or not. So Mike Evans is going to be a guy they look to a lot, a guy they look to in the red zone as well. So if you have the salary, I have no issue with Mike Evans. I will say he can be a little bit up and down, right? If you just take a look at game logs, five fancy points here, four fancy points here, a couple 30 bombs. So uh, he does have a high ceiling, but he also has shown that floor as well. Uh, but I think that the floor goes up if if one or both Godwin and Gage are out. Now, Brady himself at 10K, again, it's kind of just there. Obviously, has no rushing upside, so it's going to be dependent on, uh, you know, scoring all his points to the air. But 
Uh, the Bucks again, they still have some talented pieces on offense, right, with those receivers. So I have no real strong take here on Tom Brady. He's fine. Don't love him. Don't hate him. So that's just kind of where I'm at with, with Brady. Now, for that, I do have a relatively, again, hot take. I think he takes a, a step back this year. I do not think he's going to be involved as much in the passing game. Uh, new coaching staff here. Again, so we have new coaching staff. We have bad offensive line. And we have the emergence of the rookie Rashad White, who I think is going to be utilized a lot in third down uh, situations. So I think Fournette's role is going to be a lot different. I could be wrong on that, but that is my take. I do not expect him to be a guy that's getting, you know, seven, eight targets a game, right? And that's what he was. He's basically a three down back last year. There wasn't a lot of competition, but I think he takes a step back this year. I'm not confident in this Bucks O-line. And like I said, I think Rashad White takes a pretty big role in this offense. So Fournette, uh, season long, again, I think he's absolute fish food if you draft him, but um, that is my take there on Fournette. And that, that doesn't make him out of play in this game. I think it makes him a bit pricey if, if I am correct with that take. If I'm correct with Rashad White having a pretty big role, I think Fournette is a little bit pricey. Now, if Fournette goes to his what his role was last year and he's the three down back, we don't see any of Rashad White, then obviously Fournette's a good play. But my take is he's going to take a step back here. Uh, I think Rashad White's going to be much more involved. And then with these two wide receivers that are banged up, if, if both play, obviously I prefer Godwin to Gage, just a matter of how healthy he is, because I think Godwin's obviously the much more talented wide receiver. Uh, if Godwin misses and Gage plays, I think Gage makes her a pretty safe play. Um, so, again, big news here. That can open up some more value. Now, if both those guys are out, uh, then you're probably going to see Julio Jones, uh, the dust of Julio Jones, operating as the number two wide receiver. And then if you take a look at the Tampa Bay depth chart at wide receiver, Behind Julio Jones, you do have Scotty Miller and Jalen Darden. So, like, if both Godwin and Gage don't play, you'll probably see Scotty Miller and Darden get mixed in, and those guys could be potential values. So, pretty big news there with the status again of those two questionable wide receivers. Now, if both them play, Julio Jones at 5K does feel a little bit pricey. It'll be interesting to see what his role exactly is on this offense if, uh, if both Gage and Godwin are healthy. Would it make him out of play? I would just think there's a lot more risk involved if both those guys play. Now, looking at the tight end spots, uh, they have Cameron Brait listed as the number one tight end, followed by the dust of Kyle Rudolph. So I think Brait is going to be, in my opinion, I think he's a pretty safe play. Again, he's going to be operating as a number one tight end. He's actually a decent pass catcher. He's only 5.2K. So I think, I think Brait's a solid play. If you wanted to look to Rudolph, you can. He's definitely not what he was, you know, five, six years ago. But he's still a guy that can, can uh, catch a pass uh, in, the, in the red zone there. So... Um, both tight ends in play. Obviously, I think Brait, though, is the safer play. I think he's going to have more opportunities this year. Um, and I know he's a bit pricier, but I think the ceiling's also a bit higher on him. Now, the defenses, this is where it's just like, I hate defense on a showdown slate. I mean, I play the defense so much in the preseason where you should be playing the defense against, like, third and fourth string offenses. No turnovers, no sacks, nothing. But a 52 over under game last night with two of the best offenses in the league. But the Bills defense, 20 fantasy points. They win in the captain spot. I just do the opposite. I've said this since the preseason. Do the opposite of what I do at defense. It really pisses me off. It's a high variance position, and I always, always get it wrong. But I'm not as excited about either defense on this slate, which means lock in both, play one in the captain. But yeah, a relatively high over-under, right? We got, what, 50, 51, so... Yeah, I mean, they're not out of play, but um, they're going to need a pretty good performance to pay off that salary in a game where there should be a lot of points scored. 
And then scrolling down a bit more, again, the kickers are always safe plays. So Ryan Suckup, I have no issue going to him. Kickers usually have a ceiling of about 15 fancy points. But um, yeah, I think a relatively safe play. Definitely should have some opportunities to put some points on the board. And then Rashad White. So he's 2.4K. I like him quite a bit here. Um, my take is, again, I think he's going to be much more involved uh, in this offense. I think he'll be the third down back. Could even you know get some carries early on with Fournette. So I like him here a good amount at 2.4K. DraftKings is full point PPR. Um, so I like him quite a bit there for value. And then behind him, again, it's kind of just like the, the back wide receivers. We talked about Scotty Miller. We talked about Darden, right? Those guys come be, or become potential valleys, one or both of Godwin and Russell Gage miss. And I think that's really, I don't think there's anyone else I wanted to mention. I mean, they have Keyshawn Vaughn listed as the number three running back. I don't really know if I'm looking to a third string tight end. So, yeah, I think that's it for uh, Tampa Bay. Let's move on to Dallas. So Dallas at the top here, we have CeeDee Lamb, 10.4K. If you look at their targets right now, you can, you can tell like he is very clearly their number one guy. So he's going to be utilized a lot. Um, obviously, he'll be playing a good amount in the slot. Um, last year, again, kind of up and down, right? He had a few big games, 39 here, 28 here, but also had some pretty bad games. Three, nine, three, six, eight. I do think he's a bit safer to target this year. No more Mario Cooper. Again, very clearly their top option. So I like CeeDee Lamb if you have the salary for him. Uh, he is pricey, but should get pepper of targets. And then Dak Prescott is at 10-2. So for me, I actually prefer Prescott to Brady. Prescott a little bit of rushing upside, not a ton, but he can go get you, you know, 20, 30 yards in the ground. Um, I, I do prefer slightly Dak Prescott to Tom Brady, but you can definitely get both quarterbacks in together if you want to. I just have a small, small lean to uh, Dak Prescott to a 10.2K. Obviously makes a pretty safe play. Now running back. It's weird, right? The last couple of years have been weird because Tony Pollard looks like he's the better back, right? But they just keep giving Zeke Elliott more touches. Now, there has been some games where it's been a relatively even split. There's also been some games where Zeke Elliott has very clearly out-touched Tony Pollard. Um, you have Zeke at 7-8, Pollard at 6-4. I don't have any super strong takes. Like I said, I think Pollard's the better back, but I do think Zeke Elliott's going to have more touches. Both are involved in the passing game. If, if you made me guess what I think is going to happen here, I think it would be like a 60-40 split with Zeke and Pollard, maybe 65-35, uh, something of that nature. So I think both backs are firmly firmly in play here. Zeke probably a little bit safer if you have salary. And then Dalton Schultz, I also think is a pretty safe play. So there's no more Blake Jarwin. We'll talk about a cheap tight end here. I do think is viable if Dallas does run some two tight end sets. But yeah, no more Blake Jarwin. Like I said, he's very clearly their top target. Uh, safety blanket for Dak Prescott, I think, is a pretty safe play there in the mid-range. Going down a bit more. So taking a look at the, the Dallas wide receiver depth chart. Behind C.D. Lamb, we have Michael Gallup, who's already out. We have rookie Jalen Tolbert, who is uh, technically their number two wide receiver. And then we have Noah Brown, Dennis Houston, Sammy Fioco. So they're pretty thin at wide receiver. So rookie Jalen Tolbert, um, 5.8K, should be operating as the number two wide receiver. I think he's going to have a lot of opportunities in this game. I think he makes for a decent value play, right? Just because Dallas, they don't have a lot of options. So, uh, yeah, I'm okay taking a shot at the rookie at a sub 6 8 price point in a game where there's 50 you know, plus points expected to be scored. So, yeah, sign me up for some Tolbert. I'm fine going there. Again, kicker, obviously firmly in play. Brett Maher, um, you know, we talked about the Bucks kicker. I have no issue going to the Cowboys kicker either. You mentioned the defense, right? I'll probably be fading both defenses. So uh, what's going to happen is you're going to see both defenses in the winning lineup, one of them in the captain. Uh, but again, I just tilts me so much, the defenses. 
And then Noah Brown is expected to be the number three wide receiver. He's $3,000. I mean, he didn't do a lot last year, but he's also farther down on the depth chart. He was like number four, number five wide receiver. He's starting the year off as the number three wide receiver. So I'm okay if you want to go to him for some salary relief. Monte Turpin's going to be the return guy. Uh, he's a guy that also tilts me in the USFL because I was on him early, Kamate Turpin, before anyone was. If you guys watch my USFL content, I liked him like the first couple weeks, played him a lot. Uh, he did nothing, then faded him the rest of the season, and he went absolutely off and obviously made the NFL. It's like you can't make this stuff up, but he's just more going to utilize as the return guy. Um, now, Ferguson, this is where I think is, he's an interesting value play. Rookie tight end. Um, he should be utilized as the number two tight end. And if you watched Dallas last year, you knew they, they liked running two tight end sets with um, Schultz and, and with Blake Jarwin. So if that's going to be the case, if they're going to run a lot of two tight end sets, you have a min-price Jake Ferguson, who's a decent pass catcher. I'm okay taking a shot on him. Now, again, there's some uncertainty here, right? We don't know for sure if they're going to utilize two tight end sets a lot like they did last year, but I think there's at least a possibility. And $200, he really doesn't need to do a ton to pay off that salary, right? And scrolling down a bit more. Um, so we talked about Ferguson, again, who is number two tight end. Uh, number five wide receiver is Dennis Houston. Then you have Semi Fioco. Again, they'll pro- they might get a little bit of work. So Houston is, I think he's the Flatman price too. Yeah, he's $200. Um, could be utilized a bit if you want to take a shot on him. I think that's it, though. I don't think there's anyone else I wanted to mention here. And Fioco is, what, the number six wide receiver right now. I don't really think I'm looking to the third string running back. I don't think he'll be, which is Rico Dottle. I just don't think he sees any time here. So I think that's it. I think we've kind of covered everyone, or at least everyone I think is least viable on the showdown slate. So there, guys, that'll wrap it up for the video. Again, if you do enjoy uh, these showdown breakdowns, just make sure to let me know in the comment section down below. Make sure to like, subscribe, and hit over 12,000 subscribers. So appreciate you guys, as always. Uh, I'll see have some prize picks content out as well. If you guys didn't already check out, I have a video up talking about some prize pick plays I like for week one on Sunday. But yeah, appreciate you guys as always, and I'll see you in the next video.